I heard about your new invention. I'm so excited to see it. Ugh, thanks for your enthusiasm, Guy Raz. Put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this baby, but it's going to be worth it. I know I talk about it a lot, but but I really think gene editing technology is one of the most exciting and fascinating things happening in science right now. Well, I hope you brought your brain pump, Guy Raz, because this invention is going to blow your mind. <laughs> now sit back and relax as I present to you the latest and greatest in gene editing technology. Ladies and gentlemen, say hello to the Party Pants Pocket Pizzazzer! Huh? Wait, what is that, Mindy? It looks like a cross between a stapler and a sewing machine. Let me ask you a question, Guy Raz. How many times have you looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, hmm, if only there was a way for me to spice up these old wool trousers? Uh... Like maybe you wanted to attach some little bells to the bottoms but couldn't find the time. Well, I, I don't. Well, those problems are a thing of the past with the Party Pants Pocket Pizzazzer. Just gonna rev this baby up. Mindy, when you invited me over to share your latest invention in gene editing technology, I thought you were talking about genes, not genes. Oh! Clearly, we're not on the same page here. Oh, yeah, you're talking about genes in our bodies, and I'm talking about the genes that you wear on your body. Well, this is embarrassing. Yes, genes as in genomes, as in the DNA, as in the code of life, as in the stuff that makes you, you, and me, me. I know what genes as in genomes are, Guy Raz. They're like the instruction manuals for our bodies. Genes decide what color our eyes are, how tall we are. Or whether or not we have to wear glasses, like you. Exactly. Your genes decide whether you have allergies or red hair, or in some cases, if you're born with a certain type of condition called a genetic disorder. So like when a person has something like celiac disease, for example, and their bodies don't like gluten, and then they get really sick if they eat it. That kind of thing? Yep. And every time I hear people talk about the genes in your body, they always seem to talk about DNA as well. Exactly. So if genes are kind of like the instruction manual for the body, then DNA are the letters and words on the page of that instruction manual. And if I remember correctly, Guy Raz, the letters that make up the DNA code are A, G, C, and T, right? Well, that's right. Every single species on Earth is made up of these four letters, A, G, C, and T. And each letter represents a different chemical that 
is a little like a building block that makes us, well, us. So kind of like if we humans were buildings, then each letter would be a different brick. And Mindy, if you printed out every single letter that makes up one human being's genetic code, it would be 3.2 billion letters of DNA. Wait a minute. 3.2 billion letters? Guy Raz, that's like 800 dictionaries worth of letters. Yes, and those 800 dictionaries, well, together, it's like the recipe book for one human being. Whoa. And Mindy, the cool thing is that depending on the order you put those four letters in, well, that determines so much about our physical characteristics. Okay, I think I got it. So let's say, for example, I was born with a unicorn horn. Uh... That might mean that my DNA letters were all scrambled up, right? Well, yeah, even though that would be very, very rare and possibly unlikely. So then why were you so excited when you heard that I was inventing a gene-editing machine? Well, because it would mean that we could reorder or change or edit those DNA letters and possibly help to heal people who are sick. So it's kind of like editing a book or a newspaper or even an email to your grandma on the computer. You could just swap out an A and a C and replace it with a T. Or if there was DNA code that actually makes you sick, well, in theory, with a gene editing machine, we could just edit those out or cut out those pesky DNA letters that are causing trouble in our bodies. Well, I guess that means it's adios to the party pants pocket pizzazzer. No, don't. Don't throw it away, Mindy. I mean, you could still use it on, you know, on the jeans you're wearing. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess I could just edit my Levi's into me-buys. Me-buys? Yeah. Me-fi? Um. Oh, now I get it. Levi's into me-buys. Mindy, where'd you go? Hang on a second, Guy Raz. I just had to grab a book from my library. Wait, wait. I'm back. All right, let's see here. I got my trusty genetic dictionary. Now let's see. Um, chromosomes. No code dominance. No copy number variation. Nope, that's not. Oh, here it is. CRISPR. Look, Mindy, we've had fried chicken for lunch every day, and I'm getting sick. And... I'm not talking about crispy fried chicken, Guy Raz. I'm talking about gene editing. Oh, oh of course, right. CRISPR. You're talking about the groundbreaking, path-making gene editing technology that could revolutionize medical science. When you were talking about gene editing, I remembered that I read something about this new way to heal humans humans who are sick, and it's with this technology called CRISPR. Also known as Clustered Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Repeats, or CRISPR. And this amazing scientific technology was developed by biologists working for Professor Jennifer Doudna at UC Berkeley in California. And biologists are scientists who study life. Life like humans and animals and plants and even microscopic or teeny tiny organisms like the bacteria on your hand. I have bacteria on my hands? I just washed them like two weeks ago. Uh... Why do I have hand bacteria? Well, we all do. Lots and lots of it. I gotta go wash them again. Be right back. 
I'm back. Where were we? We were talking about CRISPR technology. Oh, yeah. The easiest way to explain it is that CRISPR makes it easy to move genes around in any living thing. So living things like bacteria and, of course, humans. And with CRISPR technology, you could go into the human body, find the chain of letters that causes a disease or a genetic disorder, and then just cut out those letters or replace them with the right letters. Well, it hasn't been done in an actual living, breathing human just yet. But scientists have successfully used this technology in human embryos in a laboratory. So they know that it could eventually work in us. Wow, a human embryo. That's the stage when we grow inside our mom's bellies before we are born. Yep. And there's a lot of excitement around the possibility of being able to change some genes inside the human embryo. Genes that if they weren't changed could cause the embryo to become a human with a disease. Wow, what kinds of diseases or genetic disorders? Well, for starters, things like cystic fibrosis or muscular dystrophy or Huntington's disease. That's amazing, Mindy. I know that kids and grown-ups with cystic fibrosis have a really hard time breathing and they can get sick a lot. Yep, and muscular dystrophy is also a condition that some people are born with and over time their muscles break down which means they have a difficult time walking. So in theory, if CRISPR technology works, scientists could fix these genetic disorders even before the baby was born while it was still growing inside her mommy's belly. Guy Raz, scientists have already shown that it can be done in the lab, working on human cells. So it's just a matter of time before this technology is going to be used on real live human beings. Yeah, and in fact, there are already some clinical trials happening right now. And clinical trials are when doctors ask people who are sick to volunteer to take certain medicine or try out a new medical operation. You got it. Well, that all sounds really cool, but you know what I'm super excited about? Oh, no, Guy Raz, please don't tell me you're genetically engineering Slurpees to taste like kale salad. What? No, 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 Mindy. I'm talking about bringing the past right here to the present. Wait a minute. Say that again? Bringing the past right here to the present. You mean yesterday to today? Well, sort of, yeah. What does that have to do with gene editing? Well, actually, Mindy, I'll I'll show you. Here. Did that just fall through my gingerbread ceiling? Hop into the time machine. Well, okay, but I'm driving this time. Wait, saddle up and hold on to your hot tamales, Guy Raz. Wait, no, no, Mindy, you you drive (laughs) Mindy? (sighs) Well, I'm glad I glued all my old stuffed animals to the walls of this thing. Really made for a softer landing. Oh yeah, I, I thought they were for insulation. Uh, oh well. Hey, hey, let's let's open this hatch up. Let's do it. Oh, God, Roz. Oh, are we back in the Pleistocene era because it's freezing. I know. We're we're just here for a brief moment because I want you to see those over there. Oh, holy mammoths! Oh, they're so cute. Mindy. What do those mammoths remind you of? Uh, snuffle up, I guess? No, 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 I mean a, a real animal. Oh, oh, yeah, well, I guess... 
guess an elephant. Exactly right. Elephants are distant relatives of the woolly mammoth. Kind of like how we humans are distant cousins of chimpanzees. Yes, exactly. Okay, so why are we looking at woolly mammoths again? Because believe it or not, Mindy, there are scientists who believe that we could take some of the DNA from these woolly mammoths and combine it with DNA from modern elephants and possibly bring these gentle giants back to life. Gentle? Guy Raz, isn't that a stampede of woolly mammoths heading our way right now? We better get out of here, Mindy. Okay, up inside, Guy Raz. In the coordinates. Hurry up, Mindy. They're they're getting closer. I'm going as fast as I can. Quick! I, I don't think our time machine is gonna survive this mammoth stampede. Almost there. Hurry! Here we go! <laughs> Whew. I must admit, Mindy, those stuffed animals really do make the landing a lot more comfortable. See? I told you we needed them all. Fair point. So you started to tell me about these scientists who want to bring back the woolly mammoth using gene editing technology? Yes, it's amazing. There are scientists at Harvard University in Cambridge, Massachusetts, who say that we might be able to crack this nut within two years. Two years? Woolly mammoths in two years? Well, maybe not real, live woolly mammoths, but we might be on the path to truly discovering how we could do this. So how will they do this? Well, the cool thing about DNA is that it stays around even after humans and animals die. In fact, it can stay around for thousands of years in our bones. So we can actually get woolly mammoth DNA even though they're extinct? Yup. That's bunker balls. And even more amazing, Mindy, is that scientists believe that by using gene editing technology, they could, in theory, cut out the letters of an elephant's DNA code and then replace those letters with DNA from a big, hairy, woolly mammoth. That's amazing. But let me just get one thing straight. So if that happened, it wouldn't become a real woolly mammoth because it would be part elephant. So it might be more like a woolly elephant. Actually, that's right. It's sort of like when you cross two different types of dogs. The baby dog that's born looks a little like both. So how could these mammoths help us? Well, the researchers at Harvard have suggested that these woolly heroes could help us fight climate change. You know, the temperature of the Earth getting hotter by reducing the amount of permafrost melting in frozen areas of Earth. Oh, yeah, permafrost. So permafrost is that land up around the Arctic Circle closer to the North Pole that's permanently frozen. And when it melts, it releases huge amounts of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, right? That's right. And these big woolly mammoths could, in theory help slow down the permafrost melting by using their huge legs to push down on the snow and compact it and keep it frozen. That's so cool! And even cooler than that, Mindy, is researchers at Imperial College in London because they've experimented with gene-editing technology 
that could make mosquitoes that don't have a virus called malaria. Wait a minute. Isn't malaria like a super dangerous virus that can make us really sick? Yes, yes. And while it can be cured, it can still make you really sick. And it's usually only found in mosquitoes in very, very warm places, so countries that are around the equator or the center of our planet. And just to be clear, you can protect yourself by being really, really careful to use a lot of mosquito repellent, right? That's right. But the best part of this new mosquito gene editing is that the mosquitoes that were born with the ability to fight off or resist the malaria virus also passed along that genetic trait or characteristic to their babies. So you're saying that the mosquitoes' babies were also malaria-resistant, even though they never had their genomes edited? Yes, exactly. Hey, Roz, do you know what this means? What? We can see the end of malaria, one of the deadliest diseases on our planet, and it could happen within our lifetime. Indeed we could. Well, I know my original gene editing machine was a little bit different, but I could still edit your woolly trousers together with these skinny hipster jeans I just picked up at the store. Uh, no, no thanks, Mindy. I think I'll stick with my wool trousers. But I could edit on some bells and some sequins. Uh, I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. Some rhinestones, some glitter, a few patches, Ooh, beads, pearls, ribbon, some flowers. Wow in the World will be right back. Grown-ups, this message is for you. Support for this podcast and the following message for parents come from Boomerang, a subscription video streaming service offering a massive library of timeless cartoons and original animated series. Deliver that warm and fuzzy feeling to your loved ones this holiday season by giving the gift of cartoons. Friends and family can stream Looney Tunes, Scooby-Doo, Tom and Jerry, and the rest of their favorites. Go to boomerang.com gift today to buy a one-year subscription and give them the gift of laughter. Support also comes from Boomerang, a subscription video streaming service offering a massive library of timeless cartoons and original animated series. Deliver that warm and fuzzy feeling to your loved ones this holiday season by giving the gift of cartoons. Friends and family can stream Looney Tunes, Scooby-Doo, Tom and Jerry, and the rest of their favorites. Go to boomerang.com gift today to buy a one-year subscription and give them the gift of laughter. That's it. Back to the show. to record. Hello, my name is Avi and I'm 10 years old. I come from Anaheim, California. My wow in the world is that more people are killed by vending machines than sharks each year. I love your show. Bye. Hi, I'm Hope from Longmont, Colorado. My wow in my world is that I am starting a podcast just like you guys. I love your show. Bye. Hi, Mindy and Gairos. This is Shrihan from Dubai. Uh, my wow in the world is that octopuses are smart enough to screw out light bulbs. Bye. I love your show. Hi, I'm Rainy. I live in Terry, Montana. My wow in the world is pandas. It's very interesting how they can bite through bamboo. If we tried to eat bamboo, we would break our teeth off because it is hard as wood. Hi, my name is Avery. 
I li- I'm seven years old. I live in Rockville, Maryland. My wow in the in the world is that anchor angler fish use their bioluminescence to attract their prey. Hi, I'm Emmett from Mobile, Indiana. My wow is wombats. It poops cubes. Love you, show. Bye. Hi, Mandy. Hi, Guy Raz. I'm Sophia, and I. I'm off Puerto Rico, and I'm sick, and my wow in the world is that I speak two languages, Spanish and English. I love your show. Bye. Hello, my name is Mr. Mac. I'm from Virginia. I'm a teacher. My wow in the world is how we can change the length of a vibrating string to make beautiful notes on guitars and violins and other stringed instruments. That's my wow in the world. I may be too old for this, but thanks anyway. End of messages. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us this week on Wow in the World. And if you want to keep the conversation going, check out some of the questions we posted on this episode at our website, wowintheworld.com. And grown-ups, there you can find more details on how your kids can become part of the World Organization of Wowzers. Lots of cool perks, exclusive t-shirts, autographed pictures of us, and a bunch of other cool stuff. WowInTheWorld.com. Our show is produced by Jed Anderson. Say hello, Jed. Yo. With help from Thomas Van Kalken, Chelsea Urson, and Jessica Bodie. Meredith Halpern-Ranzer is the big boss. Our theme song was composed and performed by The Pop-Ups. You can find more of their awesome all-ages music at thepopups.com. And parents and teachers, if you want to send us an email, our address is hello at wowintheworld.com. Grown-ups, you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Wow in the World. And if you want to be featured at the end of the show, call us up and tell us your Wow in the World. Our phone number is 1-888-7-WOW-WOW. That's 1-888-7-WOW-WOW. And parents, if you want to upload any photos or videos or messages to us, please visit wowintheworld.com and find a link where you can do just that. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or however you get your podcasts, leave us a few stars and a review, and be sure to tell a friend about the show. Until next time, keep on wowing. Wow in the World was made by Tinkercast and sent to you by NPR.